Welcome to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. We hope you enjoyed the upcoming podcast and hope this time is empowering, inspiring, and helpful as you pursue the dream God has put in your heart. The participants of this podcast are not attorneys, and this recording is not to be considered legal advice. Please contact your local attorney's office where needed. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to Beyond the Call, the podcast in which we talk about topics that help churches and ministries protect what God has called them to lead. In today's episode, we will be discussing what ministers should know before they file their taxes. Joining us today is Alyssa Klingberg, our Key Bright Specialist here at Start Church. Alyssa, it's so good to have you here today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So let's start off with one of the most popular questions we get is, do ministers really have to pay estimated taxes? So great question. If you've ever um, had a non-ministerial job, you know that every time that you get paid, taxes are withheld. And come every January, you receive a Form W-2. When ministers transition into being employed by their church, it's a little bit different. Uh, There's a tendency to assume that uh, their pay and withholding their taxes should be handled in a similar way, but it's a little bit different. Uh, In reality, the pay and withholding of taxes from ministers should not be treated the same way as non ministerial employees. And this is in part due to because um, the IRS treats them with what's called a dual status. Yeah, tell us what dual tax status really means. So uh, this means that pastors uh, are employees for the purposes of federal income tax, and at the same time, they are considered self-employed for self-employment tax purposes. And as a result, pastors are responsible for withholding and making quarterly estimate tax payments unless they are entered into a voluntary withholding agreement with the church or ministry that they work for. Gotcha. That's really important information to know. So bottom line is if you're a minister and you haven't entered into a voluntary withholding agreement with uh, your church or ministry, then you must make quarterly estimated tax payments uh, with the IRS. And they make it pretty easy to do. You just go on their website to do that. So you say there's a lot of mistakes that can happen with ministers' taxes. Let's tackle some of those big key mistakes. So one of the first ones we notice a lot is faulty housing allowance and deduction claims. Walk us through a little bit of those bigger mistakes. Yeah, uh, I know a lot of ministers hear that a lot, housing allowance, claiming a housing allowance. A lot of times one of the things is... uh, a lot of them can have the impression that you can claim the full amount that is uh, allocated by your board of directors at the end of the year. Um, But actually, according to the IRS and their publication 517, um, there's um, where you claim the lesser of a following three categories, and that's the amount actually used to provide a home, the amount uh, officially designated as your rental allowance, and then the fair market rental value of the home that's including your furnishings, utility, garage, etc. Mm-hmm. So you calculate out those three and whatever is the lesser of the three, that's really what you designate as your housing allowance for the year. That's a very good clarifier. Yeah. So it changes year over year because obviously maybe you need to replace your garage, maybe um, you need to replace that deck in your house, whatever that might be. So that's why it's sort of fluctuates year over year. So that that can be um, one of those things that you have a misconception of. Yeah, for sure. And so following that, another one of the bigger mistakes we see with ministers' taxes is failure to pay self-employment tax 
on the designated housing allowance. Can you walk us through a little bit more? Yeah, great question. So with housing allowance, um, you know, in any sort of pay that you get, um, there's a couple of different taxes that you pay on it. There's income tax, and then there's the other forms of taxes, whether it's self-employment taxes or that um, federal income uh, contribution act tax that a regular lay employee would pay, and that's Medicare and Social Security. Mm -hmm. So when you're designating housing allowance, you don't have to pay income tax on that portion of your pay. So uh, when it comes to self-employment taxes, you're still going to have to pay it on that portion and any other pay that you receive. Now, um, ministers can opt out of paying self-employment taxes. Um, so that might be something that they end up doing and that opts them out of being subject to that 15.3% um, self-employment tax. Yeah. And do you have an example of what that would look like to opt out of self-employment tax? Sure. So let's say we have a minister, Tom, who earns an annual salary of $40,000 a year from his church and 20000 of his annual salary is designated as housing allowance. From this, we know that 20000 of his annual salary of that 40000 is exempt from income tax since it has been approved as a housing allowance. Mm. However, Minister Tom has not taken the proper steps to opt out of paying those self-employment taxes. Maybe that was his choice. Maybe um, he doesn't know that he can, right? Mm. Um, so therefore, Minister Tom must withhold and pay that 15.3% self-employment tax on his salary amount of 40,000, which roughly comes to $6,120. Wow. So he's gonna want to maybe um, allocate that out quarterly and pay those estimates quarterly. I gotcha. And then do you have any other like key notes about this? Cause it's such a big issue. Sure. We see it happen with pastors all the time. Yeah, so if you're a minister and you filed Form 4361 with the IRS to opt out of paying those self-employment taxes and your approval is still pending, then you must still pay um, those oh. estimated 15.3% uh, self-employment taxes. Once your approval does come through, you may uh, amend your tax return and get that money back from the IRS. So whatever date uh, that approval is marked for, that's the date that you can say that you no longer have to pay into self-employment taxes. Hello listeners, this is Jackie Cassidy, lead bookkeeper at Start Church. By using Start Church's bookkeeping service, you can work with a personal bookkeeper who will help you make sense of your church's budget and financial records. Especially with tax season on the horizon, our staff is invested in helping you to have the best books possible. And you can have peace of mind knowing your records are in great hands. If you have questions about how our bookkeeping service can help your ministry, give us a call at 877-494-4655. And now back to our podcast. So another big mistake we see fairly often for minister's taxes is filing two income tax returns. Can you walk us through a little bit of what that issue is? Sure. So since it's not uncommon for ministers of smaller churches or new church plants to be bivocational, um, receiving some compensation from the church or receiving some compensation um, from an outside place of employment um, can lead to a bit of confusion during the tax season. Um, 
Due to this nuance associated with ministers' taxes, it's easy to see why some ministers believe that you have to file two income tax returns with this. Um, but in reality, um, you just need to file one. So what that means is you'd get a W-2 from both places of employment. And that's even true if you work for two different ministries and then you'd file that one uh, tax return. Nice. So if you're bivocational or working a couple of ministries, you just need the one. You don't have to break it off. Right. And so whether or not you're doing your tax return, you have a CPA or a, a tax preparer doing it for you, you just uh, furnish them with all your W-2s, all your 1099s, and they'd file that one return for you. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So if you guys are listening, and if you're a bivocational pastor or just a pastor, church planter, anything that you're doing in ministry, and you want your taxes done come to us. We love serving you all and doing the taxes for you. That's our niche. That's our calling for you guys. And we would be more than happy to help take care of this for you. It's overwhelming. There's a lot of different nuances for ministers taxes, and we definitely want to help take care of that for you guys. So if you guys have any questions or you want information on how we can do filing your taxes, give us a call at 844 844- We'd be honored to serve you. So Alyssa, another big question we get with taxes is spouses filing tax returns. So there's a lot of nuances with this. Can you walk us through a little bit more in depth about that? Yeah, great question. Well, if you're uh, a spouse filing a tax return with your spouse, whether or not you're um, in ministry or not, there's a lot of things to consider, right? And how you choose to file your taxes matter. Uh, this is especially true um, if your spouse works um, or not, right? So you can file your tax return and claim your spouse whether or not they work. Um, so in general, if you're married, then you and your spouse will either choose to file as married filing joint tax return or married filing separate tax returns. Uh, especially if uh, both of you um, have your own jobs that you work. It is imperative to know that filing two tax returns per family in an effort to get additional tax benefit is a fraudulent act. Um, If caught by the IRS, the taxpayers may be convicted of fraud and incur penalties and prosecution. So that's something just to be aware of as you are filing your tax returns year over year. Yeah, so that's really good to know and something to definitely be aware of. So another common occurrence we see or a scenario with filing taxes is a child in college files his or her own tax return without their parents' knowledge. Can you walk us through that kind of a scenario? Yeah, so sometimes if you have children in college, then this is something to be mindful of. We've seen ministers surprised to learn that a, ch- a child in college filed an advanced tax return claiming his or herself, right? So by filing in advance, um, whichever tax return that the IRS receives first, they're going to claim precedence of as the the right tax return. So if that mm-hmm. uh, child is claiming as independent, that's the one that they're going to see as precedent, whether or not you're claiming them as a dependent on your return. So that's something to consider when you have a child or children in college. Yeah, and that's just also really good just to communicate beforehand and make sure everybody's on the same page. Just one way to avoid that common issue. Yeah. Uh, if this ever does occur without your knowledge, your exemptions can become incorrect and other problems can arise and your tax return can be uh, rejected. 
Therefore, if you do have children in college uh, and you plan on claiming them as dependents, then it would be wise if you have a conversation with them. Uh, your child can still file his or uh, her taxes, uh, but they can check a box saying that uh, they are a dependent on another person's tax return and be sure that you and your child are on the same page. That's really good. So we've got one final major mistake that we see very common for ministers' taxes is neglecting to send in a 1099 from a brokerage firm. Talk us through a little bit more about what that is. Yeah, so a lot of ministers um, um, and pastors, they make investments for their retirement, right, because many of them opt out of um, Social Security and Medicare, so they want to make sure that they're taken care of when they go and retire at the end of their career. Maybe it's not the end of their career, but when they do claim to retire, they want to make sure that they are taken care of where their family is. So makes sense. We all do that. Right, definitely. Um, so they go to investment firms or brokerages, um, but you get a specific 1099 from them, and sometimes you, you just forget to file that. So making sure that you actually... Um, do have uh, the right 1099 from them and you are making sure that it gets uh, filed correctly with your tax return is really imperative. Alyssa, thank you. That's incredible information. Is there anything else we need to know about 1099s? Yeah, a uh, great question. So it's important to make sure that you don't neglect in providing that to uh, your um, tax professional when you receive a 1099 from your brokerage firm, even if you don't actually make any money off of a stock trading account. You have to claim that on your tax return. And if you have any trades, the IRS assumes 100% profit unless you show the transactions on Schedule D and reflect the basis of the stock sold. So those are really important tips there. That's awesome. Thank you. Alyssa, thank you so much again for being here today and for sharing such invaluable information for all of us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And to those of you who are tuning in, we hope you found this information to be super helpful. So if you have any further questions, we do have a team of tax specialists and we have specialists waiting to help you and answer any of the questions that you have. Or if you would also like to provide us feedback, feel free to email us at podcast at startchurch.com. All right, you guys, until next week, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. If you have any questions about what you've heard today, please give us a call at 844-641-5718 or visit our website at startchurch.com. We hope you'll join us for the next episode of Start Church Beyond the Call. Start Church has helped thousands of churches and ministries protect what God has given them to lead. Check out our website at startchurch.com or feel free to call at 844-641-5718. We would be honored to serve you.